Welcome to the SportsCapping.com podcast with free handicapping advice, odds insights, picks, and predictions to help you beat the sports book. And now your hosts, Jack Jones and Brandon Lee. You're listening to the SportsCapping.com free pick podcast. I'm your host, Jack Jones. We're headed into week 11 NFL and week 12 college football. Uh, Brandon Lee and I will give out our six free picks here shortly. But let's recap last week first. We went 3-2-1, and 3-0-1 uh, on free picks, but 0-2 uh, on our teasers. I went 2-1, and one, hit Arkansas in college football and the Seahawks in the NFL. I lost my 10-point teaser on the Chargers, Packers, and Bucks. Brandon went 1-1-1. One, one, and one. He hit Tennessee outright in college football, pushed on the Jaguars in the NFL, and lost his six-point teaser on the Eagles and Patriots. Uh, so it's another winning week, and it improves us to 130. 72 and 8 over our last 37 football podcast, 64% winners. We're uh, 844, 18 and 2 this football season alone. That's 71% winners. Uh, Brandon, football season's flying by, man. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, it's good to be back. And uh, yeah, we got only what, maybe two more weeks of college. A lot of teams in next week with Thanksgiving. Um, then we're grinding out the end of the NFL and bowl season. So. It feels like it was just week one, and uh, somehow, you know, it's 10 weeks in, 10 plus weeks in. So, just a crazy time of year, but a lot of fun. For sure. We say this every year, man. It just, it just miraculously just flies on by. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's our favorite time of year, and uh, definitely, uh, you know, you can see why it goes so fast because uh, a lot of action. Yeah, you got football yeah. games every single day now. So, um, I think that's a big thing. Everybody loves football, and you got those weekday games. You got everything. So, right, and then not only you're handicapping all these football games during the week, you're getting ready for basketball, which starts, you know, in October, and then uh, NBA, and then college in November. So it's just a lot of work. So whenever you're working like that, time uh, time goes pretty quick. Yeah, you don't have much of a time to sit and take a breather these days. Um, you know. Last, uh, I got one good beat last week on my, my free picks and one bad beat. Uh, let's start out with a good break I got on Arkansas plus 13.5. I had Arkansas plus 14 in my pocket earlier in the week, but by Wednesday when we did the podcast, it was 13.5. Uh, so that's the line I released it at. Anyways, I'm sure many of you uh, and Brandon saw what happened in that Arkansas-LSU game. Arkansas rallied from 24-3 to down to get within 7 late. Uh, but then LSU drove uh, into Arkansas territory in the final minutes. Uh, LSU broke a big run, and a guy went down uh, on purpose at the five-yard line because Arkansas had no timeouts left, uh, and there was only one minute left. So so I'm sitting there watching. I'm thinking they're going to kneel it uh, since the guy went down. Nope. Uh, so so they run another play, and I just start throwing shit. I'm so mad at this point. And uh, the, the same guy, he, he, he gets the ball, runs down to the one-yard line, uh, takes another knee, easily could have scored. Um, so, so now there's 15 seconds left. They could easily take a knee. They don't. They go for it again, snap it. The same guy runs right through the line, and you can tell he's trying to score, but Arkansas did uh, stuff him just inches short, and the clock ran out. So, so uh, LSU won by seven, plus 13.5 got there. Um, so it was a difference between a – but it was a difference between a win and a loss for most people because the line on game day was 13. Um, so it was just one of those crazy results. How, how, what do you think about that, Brandon? It's, it's kind of hard to explain what we saw at the end of that game. I, I, uh, 
I uh, ended up staying away from it, but I can only imagine the heart rates of people on both sides of uh, that one that in that last minute. You know, they get the LSU people thinking, oh, holy, you know, crap, we're going to score here to cover. And then Arkansas people are like, what the hell are you doing? You know, why why go down the first time and then keep running plays? It was it was something else to watch. Uh, you know, just so, stuff like that seems to happen, you know, every season where you just it leaves you scratching your head and lucky you're on the right side that time. You know, if that game was earlier in the season, I don't think they would have tried to score, but I Looking back on it, I had some time to reflect on it. It was just like, and here Ed Orgeron's comments. I mean, they're like seventh in the playoff rankings, so they do need style points. Not like they're going to get in either way, but. But that's why what, would he do it the second time? Yeah. Like, I get, okay, yeah, the first time the coach is like, hey, score. Yeah. You know, if that's what they want, but then he does it again. I know. And the third time they trust, it just makes zero sense. Yeah, just the way it played out made no yeah. sense. But, uh, yeah. I get the style points for sure. Yep. I was celebrating when he went down the first time, and then I was just <laughs> losing my mind, man. <laughs> oh, I could only imagine. <laughs> but uh, there, um, here's a. I did have a bad beat too, and it's one I can't really comprehend. Uh, my ten point teaser had easy winners on the Chargers and Packers, both at pick'em lines, as they won by double digits over the Raiders and Dolphins easily. Um, I, but I also had the Bucks plus seven as my third leg of the teaser. I'm gonna let Brandon. Tell you how dirty the Bucks not covering seven against the Redskins oh. was. Yeah, I uh, I had I didn't have a premium pick on this, but I did have a little side action, so I was paying attention. And it, it's one of the more crazy box scores I think that you will ever see. Um, the Bucks scored three points with over 500 yards and 29 first downs. Uh, they punted once in the entire game. It's the first time in NFL history that a team scored fewer than 13 points. Uh, with at least 29 first downs. They went 0 for 5 in the red zone. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for four, over 400 yards. I, I'd like to know the last time a quarterback threw for 400 yards and a team scored three points. And uh, the Bucks moved into Redskins territory on, on all five of their first half possessions and uh, scored just three points there. It, it's just one of the more mind-boggling um, things i've i've seen uh in an nfl game that i can ever remember and i I feel bad for those that had the the bucks in that one because they they were the better team but just i I mean maybe i guess maybe not maybe maybe they deserve to lose when (laughs) when you just do that kind of crap so uh if you haven't seen it yet just go check it out and uh, try and figure out how they scored three points yeah and they lost by double digits that's even more crazy it's it's just it's unbelievable uh yeah i didn't have the bucks minus three but i really like teasing them up to that plus seven number and you know just give me one touchdown guys come on come on um but you know just five field goals five field goals yeah five field goals you (laughs) still still have a chance or at least you're going to cover the teaser line you probably win the game too but yeah just don't turn the ball over inside the red zone yeah you get uh, you have the ball inside your opponent's 20 yard line five times and score three points or don't even score they didn't score on those positions zero points on those yeah that's a, a, it's absurd yeah how long was the field goal they kicked i i would have to look um actually i got it up here let me see because I believe it had to be. It had least, to be at least forty-two. Then yeah, if it was forty-three. Yeah. 
So the one the the only points they did have didn't they didn't even make it into the red zone. It's just crazy. Uh, yeah, you just I just don't think you'll ever see anything like that again. So it was definitely worth talking about. And you know, like I said, it, it's it's a wash. I shouldn't have won on Arkansas, and I sh- and I I should have won on the Bucks. So uh, nothing to really complain about there. Uh, all right, let's yeah, get pretty pretty good beat in the NFL too. I don't want. I mean, I they. Uh, the Seahawks, Seahawks scoring late, Seahawks like I kind of said in the thing, is you need Russell Wilson might have to throw a touchdown in late, and he did for you. Well, you know, I look at it two ways. I was like, the Seahawks are leading going into the fourth quarter, True. so so they think then they try this onside kick with nine minutes left, down two, and uh, give Rams perfect field position. Rams get a field goal. Seahawks get it back on like their own ten after a penalty, and Russell Wilson fumbles. Gives him a free touchdown, basically, to go down 12. So, yeah, I was losing my mind in that game, too, because I felt like it was the right side, but then, you know, I did need that back door. I needed a touchdown. Uh, well, I don't know. I think the CX got it back with, like, five minutes left or something, and they just went down and scored a touchdown to cover that one. So, yeah, I mean, all of my picks had were right in the balance this week. So, uh, definitely, I would say that was a good break, for sure, um, yeah. given that they needed the touchdown at the end. But... Um. All right, let's get on to these free picks. Uh, we got two for Saturday college football, two for Sunday NFL, two bonus NFL teasers for you. Uh, Brandon, start us off with your college football free pick for Saturday. All right, I'm going to take the Colorado Buffaloes plus seven at home against the Utah Utes. Uh, we cashed on Colorado a few weeks back against uh, Washington as a dog, and uh, I think this is another one uh, where it's a, a good spot here for them. Uh, I just think uh, this Utah team's getting a little too much respect on the road, uh, just given the circumstances of what what's going on there. Uh, they lost starting quarterback Tyler Huntley in a 38-20 uh, to, loss at Arizona State uh, two weeks ago. Then had their leading rusher Zach Moss uh, suffer a season-ending injury, uh, getting out of or getting into bed. And Moss, you know, he was a pretty good player. He had already rushed for over 1,000 yards and 11 touchdowns uh, with three games to play. So I believe they were able to overcome those injuries uh, against Oregon for a couple of reasons. Um, One, they were playing at home, and uh, that's especially a lot easier on an inexperienced quarterback. Uh, The other thing here is the Ducks just aren't a very good defensive team, and they haven't really been the same since losing to Washington State. Uh, kind of ending their Pac-12 title hopes and playoff uh, hopes as well. Uh, they since uh, that game they've gave up 276 uh, rushing yards uh, to in a 44-15 loss at Arizona, almost 500 yards of law offense to UCLA. So the fact that you know Utah was able to go and beat Oregon without their starting quarterback and leading rusher, I, I think it was just more of you know, where they were playing and who they were playing. Um, and and uh, for me, I think the public will be able to talk themselves into Utah uh, here despite the injuries uh, because Colorado has lost five straight and they just beat a team that they think is good in Oregon because of uh, their star quarterback in Justin Herbert. Um, it, it looks like Colorado's coming off a pretty bad loss last week, uh, 31-7 to to Washington State. But they're only down 10 going into the fourth quarter. Um, and, you know, it's it's really hard to explain what the Cougars have been able to do this year, given all they lo- lost. And, you know, Gardner Minshew just coming in and absolutely tearing it up. So 
it's not as bad as loss as I think people think. Um, and I feel pretty confident that uh, they're going to be able to step up here at home uh, where they need, you know, uh, one more win to become bowl eligible. Um, and something I think, you know, it's a pretty big goal for this team considering they were 5-0 and um, and, you know, they don't want to be known for starting a season 5-0 and and losing seven straight to not be able to make it. Uh, this is their last home game of the season, so they're going to want to play hard here and send the seniors out in style. Um, and I, I think we could see Colorado's offense uh, break out a little bit here. LaVisca Chenault uh, finally returned after missing three games. Uh, he caught 10 passes for over 100 yards uh, against Washington State. And then Utah defense has been slipping of late. They're giving up 410 uh, yards per game and six yards per play over the last three. And uh, they've given up over 275 passing yards per game on the road this year. Uh, I just think with the injuries for Utah, this thing should be closer to a pick And uh, I'll take Colorado here plus seven. And uh, I'll, I'll once again sprinkle a little bit on the money line because I think uh, the Buffs win this one outright. His sprinkle on Tennessee came through with ease last week against uh, Kentucky, was it? Yep, that's right. Yeah, with ease, too. <laughs> I had a little bit of that myself, man, so good call on Tennessee. Um, this one, uh, definitely one thing that caught my eye was, uh, you know, Washington State was a five-point favorite against Colorado last week, and now Utah's a seven-point favorite. So Washington State's better than Utah, especially Utah without Huntley and and Moss. So why is Utah more heavily favored against Colorado than Washington State was? Makes no sense to me. I think you're getting extra value here because Colorado's lost five straight. And, uh, you know, if, if I'm going to play this game, that's the way I would I would look at it too. The only concern for me is that Utah's in first place in the Pac-12 South and uh, need a win to at least secure a share of the division title. Um, and the Buffaloes just aren't playing that well right now. So, uh, you know, that's my only concern. Um, but I think you're on the value side here with Colorado plus seven. Right on. And I think they they, they kind of like to shade the line towards the teams that are kind of like in that must win spot, whether it be, um, you know, a team that is their last, they have to win out to win a bowl game or, you know, they have to win this game during a share that like, and, and then you just, you combine that with everything here with the five straight losses for Colorado and, you know, Utah off a big win and sitting in first place. So, um, I just feel like there's too much value here, and uh, I'm glad that you would at least lean that way. Yes, for sure I will. Um, I'm going to go with Baylor minus two against TCU at Baylor this week. Uh, books have just been way off on TCU all season. They're four and six straight up, one and nine against the spread. Uh, they keep getting respect, and I just don't get it. Uh, the Horned Frogs have completely fallen apart since losing to Ohio State in week three. They're 0 and seven against the spread their last seven games failed to cover by a combined 101 points. So the books have set their lines 14 points off on average the last seven weeks. Uh, they even lost to Kansas outright. Uh, the defense was shredded for 52 points by Oklahoma, 47 by West Virginia. But it's the offense that's the real issue for TCU. Uh, they've been held to 17 points or fewer, five of the last seven. Uh, not going to cut it in the in the Big 12 where you need to score points to win. Uh, they lost uh, quarterback Sean Robinson to a season-ending injury in late October. Uh, that was about the same time they lost their top playmaker, Kevontae Turpin, to a suspension. And, uh, 
You know, at this point, I don't even think TCU wants to make a bowl. They look like they're qu- they quit in their 37-point loss to West Virginia last week. You know, a few years back in 2013, they went 4-8, and eight, so it's not really unprecedented. Uh, Baylor uh, should be motivated to get, get to a bowl here in uh, Matt Rule's second season. Uh, they sit at 5-5, five and five, certainly been one of the most improved teams in the country. Uh, I was impressed with Baylor last week against Iowa State. They lost 28-14, to 14, but realistically probably should have won the game. Uh, they had 505 total yards against a really good Iowa State defense, outgained them by 150 yards. Uh, quarterback Charlie Brewer, he got ejected uh, from that game late, but the Bears got uh, good news early this week when it was announced Brewer uh, wouldn't be suspended. Uh, that's key because he's having a great year. He's got 18 total touchdowns with only six interceptions. Uh, TCU's 0-7 against the spread in conference play this season. I, I just think this one is as obvious as it looks, Brandon, and I'm not going to read into it too much. I'm going to take Baylor minus two. Yeah, don't blame me here one bit. I got this one circled on my card as a potential uh, play for me as well. Uh, I'll, I got a little extra rooting interest here for Baylor to uh, need one more win out of the Bears to catch that five and a half uh, win total bet we gave out early in the year. So um, it, it's it's hard to explain and hard to believe that a Gary Patterson coach team could be this bad, but um if they aren't going to show up against some of these bigger name schools that are ranked and playing for a bunch of, you know, to get into the playoffs like Oklahoma and all that, um, I don't see them showing up against Baylor here. So uh, laying less than a field goal, I, yeah, just don't overthink this one and uh, back the Bears, guys. Yep, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, hope not falling into a trap here, but I don't think we are. I just think you know TCU is just getting so that they just it's just. Uh, it's a Gary Patterson thing. It's a history thing. They just <laughs> the books just keep setting their lines off, man. I don't know what it is, but this one looks way off. Um, let's move on to the NFL, Brandon. What do you got this week? Yeah, I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts uh, minus two at home against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I, I think there's a ton of value here with Indianapolis laying less than a field goal at home. Uh, I think we're seeing a favorable line here because the Titans come into this one off a 24-point win at home against the Patriots, uh, which also followed a you know a 14-point win at Dallas on Monday Night Football. So the Titans, uh, a team that I don't think many people were on, have uh, you know really caught the eye I think of the public, and uh, that's playing into this number here. Um, I'll be the first to admit I didn't see the Titans beat New England. That's why I gave the Patriots out on the teaser. Uh, unfortunately for me, I didn't know that Gronk was not going to be able to play uh, when we did our podcast. Um, and and you, if you look back over the years and at the numbers, the, the, the Patriots offense with Tom Brady is just not the same uh, without Gronk on the field. And the Titans do have a very good defense, so that ended up being a really bad matchup for them. And, you know, you had the Patriots also, they've got a lot of guys banged up. They were going into their bye week, coming off a big win at home against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. While we don't typically see it from a Belichick coach team, uh, that was a pretty flat spot for New England. And on the other side of this, you know, the Titans desperately wanted to win for head coach Mike Vrabel, um, who made a name for himself playing under Belichick and shockingly won three Super Bowls as a teammate of Tom Brady's and Brady's still putting up ridiculous numbers and here Vrabel is coaching in the NFL so 
I think we saw a very similar type of effort from a bad team in Detroit earlier this season with Matt Patricia um, in Detroit. You know, they had a very equally impressive win against the Patriots, beating them 26 to 10 at home. Uh, Lions are currently three and six and pretty much out of the playoff race. So I'm not going to read too much into the Titans win over New England. Um, and it's just simply I, I just don't think Tennessee is as good as their five and four record. Um, and, I, and I think coming off that win and those last two games, I, I think they're due for a letdown here against the Colts team that I believe is flying under the radar. Uh, Andrew Lux proved all the doubters wrong after returning uh, from the injury that cost him all of last year. Uh, people were saying he wouldn't be the same guy. Um, it would take him time, you know, to get back on track. He's thrown three touchdown passes in six straight games, which is the third best mark um, in NFL history, I believe, behind only Brady and Manning. Um, not 100% on that, but I know Manning's one of them. Either way, it's a ridiculous uh, stretch here. He's completing a career-best 66.3% of his attempts. He's on pace to also post his best QBR and overall quarterback rating of his career. Um, and there's another thing here with Luck and uh, the Titans. Uh, he's never lost to Tennessee in his career. He's a perfect 9-0 and straight up and 7-1-1 and against the spread uh, with a perfect 3-0 and record straight up and against the spread at home where the Colts have won by an average of 13 points per game. Um, you know, and also going back to this being a letdown spot for the Titans, since 1983, there have been 42 times where a team has been a road underdog off an upset win by 14 or more. Um, when that team is, when, when dealing with a team that's basically a 500 team, uh, winning percentage between 45 and 55%, only 10 of them have covered and the home favorite has won by an average of 11 points per game. I, I just I think everything sets up here uh, for a Colts win, and uh, the number here is right for me. So I'll lay the two points here and take my chances. Yeah, man, I think you nailed pretty much everything on this one. I like the Colts also. I, they're just so much a, a better team with Andrew Luck. They, they come in playing great, three straight wins by a combined 49 points. And I just I, I think the Titans are in a, just a, an awful spot with all the former players, former coaches they had of the Patriots. They wanted that game so much. So, yeah, I just can't see them getting back up this week for the Colts. Um, you know, they, the Titans are playing really well, but you can expect that uh, coming out of their bye these first two games. But I, I, don't, I just don't think that completely overrides how bad they were the first part of the year. Started 3-4, and four, where all three of their wins coming by three points. Um, still have all kinds of issues on offense. Even though they they put up those big numbers the last two weeks, they're still 30th in total offense, still scoring just 18.7 points per game on the season. Um, and I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with Luck and the Colts here. Uh, some great numbers you had there with uh, Luck's against the spread straight up and straight-up records against uh, the Titans. Uh, I'm with you on this one. Yeah, and another thing, it might just be a gut feeling. I, I just think teams that are built defensively, I, I just don't like them as much in dome games. I, I I think the offenses fly around faster, and it's just it's just a different uh, atmosphere for them. And I just don't think defenses play good defenses that are you know built outdoors and you know like your Panthers and your your old Bears teams. I just don't think they're as good inside a dome, um, especially against a quarterback like Andrew Luck. Couldn't agree more with that statement either. So, yep, 100% agreement. Um, I'm going to go with the Panthers minus 
at the Lions this week. The Panthers should be motivated for a win here. They were embarrassed on Thursday night by the Steelers on national TV. Now they've had three extra days to prepare for the Lions here. I, I definitely expect a big effort. Uh, they're still 6-3 and three on the season. They got everything in front of them, everything to play for. I was actually on the Lions plus 7 last week, and it was my only loser in the NFL. I watched the entire game against the Bears. I did not like what I saw. Thought they played. I thought they would come in playing with a sense of urgency with their season on the line. They did not. They fell to 3-6 and six on the season with that 12-point loss to the Bears. It was their third straight loss by double digits. Uh, now they trail the Bears by three games in the NFC North. Zero shot at making the playoffs. Uh, I, sh- I, I should have kind of seen it coming when they traded away Golden Tate. He was uh, Stafford's security blanket. And without Tate, uh, Stafford has looked lost. The Lions have uh, one of the worst offensive lines in the league, so he's always under pressure. He's actually been sacked 16 times over the last two weeks. Uh, the Panthers have a dominant defensive front. That's gonna that should they they should really get after Stafford again this week. Uh, on the other side of the ball, the Lions Lions have actually been even worse. They rank thirty or twenty eighth against the run, giving up one hundred thirty three yards a game, four point nine per carry, thirty first in passing yards per attempt allowed. They give up eight point nine yards per attempt. Uh, both Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey should have monster games here against that defense. Mitch Trubisky threw for three hundred forty eight yards on the Lions last week, and he's not even that good. Uh, Detroit's top cornerback Darius Slay missed last week's game could be out again this week Uh, there's just nothing to like about the Lions right now Uh, I think this is a pretty short price on the Panthers yeah uh, I would agree here Um, you know it just seems like the teams that traded away valuable players are not playing well Um, you know Oakland has clearly thrown in the towel they apparently did that a long time ago and are just playing for draft picks but I think Denver lost their first game without Demarius Thomas. And, you know, Detroit's offense has been atrocious for, you know, what it has been in previous years with Matthew Stafford. And the, and the crazy thing is they've actually kind of got a running game going a little bit. And it still really doesn't matter. Um, I think that was kind of their last chance last week against Chicago. And, you know, the fact that they've got the Bears coming up again um, and just a few is it might or just bear next week so um they, they could be thinking revenge on them and you know maybe ruining their playoff chances and winning the title but the most thing biggest thing for me here is i i like this spot for carolina um uh coming off that embarrassing uh loss to pittsburgh on thursday night football where they gave up 52 i uh, don't read too much into that defenses really struggle um on on these thursday night games and the road teams at a very big disadvantage i think there's only been maybe two games all season with teams playing on short rest that haven't gone over the total on thursday night so don't let that one fool you this if anything it's going to make carolina a pissed off team coming into this week and they got a few extra days uh playing an inferior opponent so the three and a half might look good for the home team but I think this thing should be closer to a touchdown just given uh, the difference in talent here. Yeah, for sure. The Panthers were playing great coming into that game too. I mean, had been playing as well as almost anyone starting out 6-2 and two and, you know, dominating the Ravens uh, recently and pretty much dominating everybody they've been playing. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Those Thursday night uh, road games for the road team is just it's not good and things kind of snowballed. And uh, I think I think that blowout loss definitely maybe has this line less than it should be. Um, 
you know, could be closer to a touchdown easily. Um, so I'm hoping we got some value here, and I'm hoping the, the Panthers get it done for us. <laughs> All yeah, right. for sure. All right. Uh, let's let's uh, get uh, give the listeners some NFL teasers. We went 0-2 last week on these, so um, what's your favorite teaser this yeah, year? Yeah, well, I mean, it was, we've had a lot of good weeks with teasers. So, I mean, while we did go 0-2, we've uh, – I, I love to – we should look up our record on these because they have to be pretty good. Yeah, but. that's my fault. I should know it. I would – if I had to guess, I would say we haven't lost uh, more than five all season. Which, I mean, that's got to be our first. Oh, I can't even. I don't even know. It's definitely. Like, our it first has to be like too. going back to like last season, if that. I mean, maybe even two years ago, we've yeah. well, we were zero and two on teasers. Yeah. So I, I will look it up for next podcast for sure. We'll definitely uh, do our best to get back on track, and I'll do my best here with a three-team ten-pointer. I'm going to take the Chiefs uh, from plus three and a half on Monday Night Football at the Rams up to plus 13 and a half. I think that's a game where the last team that has the ball last uh, probably wins. I don't see either side really winning by double digits. So uh, the other one, we're going to take the Titans from minus two and a half um, at Washington to plus seven and a half. I, I think a lot of the same things that were wrong with the Redskins and that fluke win against the bucks are going to be even more of a problem here against uh, a red hot houston team and then lastly uh we're going to take the vikings um from a plus two and a half at chicago uh, up to plus eight and a half um where i that's another game where i think it's going to be a low scoring defensive game where i don't see either team winning by a touchdown yeah i don't have much more to add i uh, don't see uh any of those teams losing by more than a touchdown uh so it looks like a winner to me um i'm gonna go with a six point teaser this week on the saints minus one and a half and the chargers minus one saints host the struggling eagles and uh just can't be stopped right now the chargers host the broncos should be able to win as well uh saints have won eight in a row coming in chargers have won six straight both playing as well as anyone right now so uh, just a couple of home teams that just basically got to win the game. Yeah, no disagreement for me on those. All right, Brandon. Uh, let the listeners know how your premium picks are doing and uh, where they can find you to sign up for a premium package. Yeah, things still going well over here. Uh, I believe I went a, not a great week in the NFL. I think I ended up 2-2-1, two, two and one. Um, one of my first losing weeks in, or non-winning weeks in quite a while. Uh, still number three overall uh, NFL 2018, number one winning percentage. Uh, for uh, the season, 38 and 17 record, 69%. Uh, also doing pretty well here in college of late. Uh, went four and one last Saturday. Now 67%, 7% over my last five Saturday college football cards. Uh, now is also a great time for college basketball. Uh, I've got two top five five finishes in the last four years on the college hardwood, and uh, in the months of November and December. Over my last 160 picks, uh, I've got 104 and 56, 65%. So early season college basketball, I tend to do pretty well and uh, still a lot of football winners coming your way. So if you want to find me and get signed up, you can do that at uh, www.sportscapping.com backslash Brandon Lee.html. Yeah, man. If I if my bad weeks are 500 in the NFL, I would sign up for that. So um, everything else going well and uh, – Still having a huge season, uh, definitely. You are on the NFL. It's great, man. Um, I went eight no, eight zero and one Saturday in college football. Now forty five eighteen and nine. Uh, last 
or sorry, 40, 45 and 18 the last nine Saturdays in college football. I also went 4 and 1 in the NFL last week, ranked number 4 in football this season, which is NFL and college football combined. 93 and 62 on the season, 60% winners. I uh, actually had to get my premium picks out early this week because I'm leaving for a golf trip in Arizona on Thursday. So I already have 5 NFL and 11 college football picks posted from Thursday through Monday. That includes my 25-star college football game of the year. I'm 7-0 and on 25-star plays in college football this season. Uh, best bet is to get a 7-day pass for 180 um, win all weekend, win over the next 7 days. Uh, you can find me at sportscapping.com or betfirm.com. Hit me up on Twitter at betfirmsjack. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please feel free to leave a review. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Make sure to come back next week for our Week 12 NFL and Week 13 College Football Free Picks. Thanks for listening to the SportsCapping.com podcast. For more free picks and predictions, be sure to visit us at SportsCapping.com. 